Tommy Watson. Welcome to another episode of Resilient Stories Podcast. We share the grit and glory behind the stories of amazing people like you who have bounced back from failure university to go and live their best lives on purpose. Today's show is being sponsored by Million Dollar Business Pathway, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and to sell. If you want to learn how to tell and sell your story, go to tawatson.com under the programs and products tag and, and click on Million Dollar Business Pathway to get started. Are you guys ready for another amazing episode today? Joining me, I have my good friend, longtime friend, Mike Max. How are you, WCCO, Minneapolis? Good afternoon. Good, good to see you, long guy. Last time I saw you was at a Carolina Panther Minnesota Viking football game. Can you believe that? Can you yeah. believe that? Yes, yes, yes. So Mike and I, we go back a long ways. We've um, we've had me on the show several times in Minneapolis. Now I'm honored to have him on my show here in Charlotte and have him on the other end of the, uh, the seat. So Mike, before we begin, you want to just tell the folks a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I work in Minneapolis at the uh, CBS affiliate here, uh, WCCO uh, TV and WCCO Radio. I'm the sports director for the television station, and uh, we're the uh, top-rated station in town here. And then I also do a nighttime uh, radio show from 6.30 to 9 on WCCO Radio, uh, which is a long-standing, uh, tradition-rich uh, uh, station here in the Twin Cities and have been with these companies. Uh, I started as an intern back in 1986. Wow. And have been part of the... Uh, CBS family uh, in some way, shape, or form between the radio and the TV ever since. So it's been a, it's been a long and incredibly quick journey. Wow. That is in 1986, man. I'm glad to see you still in there. So Mike, as you know, um, the purpose of this podcast is to really give um, our listeners insights to uh, amazing people like yourself and have you talk about some of the challenges you face in life and how you've overcame those challenges. Because oftentimes uh, those stories aren't necessarily shared publicly and it's good to be able to hear from people like yourselves in terms of how you overcame some of those challenges. So I want to start off with my first question for you is what's been the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome personally or professionally as you think back over your life? I think a lot of it is um, consistently having the right attitude yeah. and not getting detoured or dragged into the ditch so many times. And I have, I mean, that's what I fight all the time is allowing what I can control to go sideways. And um, when you talk about this business, this is a tough business that I'm in, um, to get a job, to keep a job, all those things. And mm -hmm. so you're, you're constantly looking for breaks. You're constantly looking for a way um, to get to the next place. And, and it doesn't happen on your time frame, yeah. <laughs> as we all know, right? And it doesn't yeah. happen the way you thought it was going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and I would allow myself to get too far off the uh, path thinking, um, you know, a, re a rejection would set me sure. back or would send me into the anger zone. Um, uh, you, you know, somebody else getting something that I thought I deserved would send me into the anger zone. Now, all these things were also fuel for the fire. Sure. So it, it's, you know, as you know, Tommy, it, with what you've been through, it, it's a dual-edged sword, right? It, it's good news, bad news, because that's what keeps you pressing on. That's, that's what gives you that energy and that passion in the morning. Yeah. But I didn't have to do it the way that I did it. I, I, I could have just kept my head down, kept working, and I would have had the same results instead of allowing the little things to bother me and mount up and, and, and gather in here uh, and become a part of, uh, too big a part of my DNA. 
Sure. So those are the things that, I, and I still struggle with today. Sure. Um, I'm very competitive. And yeah. Again, good news, bad news, right? Yeah. Being real competitive, you know this very yeah. well, right? The, the good news is we need competition to achieve yes. greatness in life. The bad news is you start competing all the time with things you don't need to compete at. And, yeah. and those things have probably held me back. And then there are things literally about my presentation. You know, it's taken me a long time just to get my diction good enough that, that people weren't critical of it, and they still are. There are people that hate me. I just got an email yesterday how much they hate my voice, you know, those <laughs> things that I've had to work on throughout. But I also say, if you're going to sign up for this business, yeah. that's the way it goes. I mean, yeah. people are going to critique you. They're going to they're going to give you lots of praise, but they're going to cut you off the knees yeah. too. So, so if you want to be out there in the public, it, it doesn't mean it's going to be all, as you know, it's not all roses. It just means if you're out there in the public and you better be ready for both. Otherwise, don't do this. Well, and you bring up a good point. You know, the industry you're in is a very, very competitive industry and you are making mistakes on the fly in front of lots and lots of people, whether it be radio or, or on television. You know, in your early days when you were getting that criticism, how, how, did, how did you deal with it? How, how did you feel? What were the emotions that you, that you kind of had to deal with? You know, oftentimes we see you from a, from a distance. We don't know what it's like to be Mike Max up close. What is it like? The, the, the biggest difference isn't that, you know, it, it still bothers you when somebody comes at you, yeah. but it doesn't take me long to get over it. Yeah. Whereas when you're younger, uh, first of all, you think there might be some truth in it. So, mm. so you let it harbor a little bit more uh -huh. and, and, and then you let it linger and you want, why do they say that? Why are they so, why are they? And, and, and it would take me, you know, days and now it takes me an hour. Okay. Uh, to get over it and put it in my back pocket and know that there's going to be another day. The, the, and, and the other part of it is that I realized at one point in time was some of this criticism is really good for me. I mean, some of it is the truth. Okay. And, and some of it is beneficial to me. You know, it's like, whoa, I hadn't thought of it that way. Take a step back, you know. Yeah. Maybe I had gone too far in this direction or that direction or I'd done something. And so I, I began to see that some of that stuff was my friend. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I don't like it, you know, when you're attacked just for the sake of being attacked. That's one thing. But a lot of times people have a valid, whether you agree with it or not, uh, something they see that you could be doing better. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that at one point in time that, that some of this is my friend. And when it's not, and when it's just about a personal attack, let it go. Mm -hmm. Because um, it, what, what I do is most of mine would come in the form of emails. Uh, if it's something that's a personal attack, I delete it immediately. And the reason that I do that is so that I don't respond. Yeah. Because I don't think anything good can come out of my response, especially yeah. when I'm in an emotional state. So I try to delete that email yeah. as quickly as I can. Number uh, number two, I'm not on Twitter. I never have been in my life. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I don't want to get into that that gamesmanship or that, you know, one-upsmanship and all that stuff, mm -hmm. because that takes me away from the prize, you know? So I eliminated uh, some of the criticism probably are some of the things that you'd see by not allowing myself to uh, uh, be exposed to it. And, and I do that intentionally because I know what I have to get done to sure. be effective. Sure. Whether they, whatever they say doesn't matter. I know what, I, what my resources are and what I have. Right. So, so to get, I don't want to get caught up in that. I don't want to get um, uh, drawn off the path by something like that, that keeps me off it. So, so I, I limit uh, how much I expose myself to any of those things or put me in that situation. That's a good strategy. Now, so as you were starting out in the broadcast business early on, again, you, you're, you're, you're in the public eye and people listen to you on the radio station and what have you. Though. Did you have mentors to help mm. give you advice in terms of how to, how to accept and deal with that criticism? Yeah, great question. One was a guy named Don Shelby, who uh, yeah, gosh. okay, he yeah, newscaster here was here for 30 some years and locked it up. More importantly than that, he was, uh, he knew, uh, 
he could see what I was going through. He could mm -hmm. see the pain sometimes, the agony, the disappointment, the frustration. So he was there to say that that's not fatal. Here's, here's where you got to go or here's what you need to improve on uh, to get to where you are. And, and then when you get the situations, not just that, but situations where you go, all right, I got to negotiate a contract. Yeah. Tell me what I should do, you know, yeah. and tell, tell me, tell me, what, how do you draw a line in the sand? Uh, where you want to be a good team player, but you can't let them run all of you. Well, sure. well, how do you decide where to draw the line in the sand? And so he was invaluable that way. And then there's a guy that, that just passed away and he did a, a, um, a newspaper column till the day he died three times a week and did radio. Uh, he died uh, this fall and he was 100 years old. Name was Sid Hartman. Yes. You know. yes. yes. And Sid Hartman was a legend. And uh, Sid and I did a weekly, we worked together at the same radio station, but we also did a weekly uh, TV show together for 20 years. So that's a lot of before and after dinners, cups of coffee, yeah. piece of pie, that kind of stuff. And, and Sid is not the kind that, that professes to be a role model, but I studied him all the time. Sure. And, and I watched what he did. Anybody that can keep working until they're 100 years old yes. Yes. and be relevant. Yes. 100. Never been done before, you yes. know? And so by watching him, I was able to say, okay, how does he, how did he survive this long without getting fired or, you know, become insignificant? Yeah. And he, his whole thing was you build the network yeah. and you build a network on trust. Now, not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to be in the network that you want in the network. But if you build a big enough network and you take care of the network, the network will take care of you. Yeah. They'll give you the stories. They'll give you the information. They'll give you, but you got to build the network. And yeah. that's what he built his whole career on. He never graduated from high school, you know. Wow. I didn't know that. He also that. became wow. a, um, uh, he got into the real estate game at a young age and became a multi, multi, multi-millionaire wow. um, uh, with all of his real estate properties and holdings that he has uh, all over the state of Minnesota. Wow. Uh, and this is a kid that never graduated from high school, wow. right? That's amazing. And, and yes. it'll tell you he was 100 years old. There's got to be some clues that he leaves there, right, as yes. to how to get things done. And, and, and that's what he, he taught me was, first of all, incredible work ethic, mm -hmm. incredibly competitive, incredible work ethic, get up early, be fundamentally sound, go visit all the places like you used to visit when you were playing at the University of Minnesota mm -hmm. on daily, you know, as much as you can. That's part of it. But then build that network. Yes. And if that network can trust you and you can trust them, you can get a whole lot done. Yes. That's, that's, that's great advice coming from a, a legend. Like you said, Sid Hartman was a legend there in Minneapolis, a legend across the state of Minnesota there as well. Um, so how would you say that early criticism in your career kind of helped shape and, and make you who you are? Because you're what, 20, 30 years into this now? So almost 35, 35. If you go back to my internship. Wow. Um, it shaped me from the standpoint that sometimes it was good advice. Mm -hmm. It shaped me from the standpoint that sometimes it angered me um, in a positive way that I said, I will prove you wrong. Yeah. You, you will not. Yeah. I, I will have the last laugh here. And I'm not just talking about people that email in now. I'm talking about um, management people, people that you work with, et cetera, that sure. said, you're not good enough. You're whatever. And, I, and, and it was a, a few that said, I will show you. Yes. And, and uh, I've never let go of that. I still see that probably too much. I still see the 23 year old in this business, sure. right. That was told he wasn't good enough or might not make it or called into the general manager's office and this isn't going to be for you. You might want to try something different. Wow. That happened to me. Wow. And um, I still see them every day mm -hmm. in my mind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've never quit yeah. saying, I, I will show you. And, and, and when I'm done, we'll see. We'll see wow. where this score ends up. Wow. Maybe that's too much negative energy. I don't know, but it's worked. Yeah. Why? 
So as you think back over your 35 year career, what would you have done differently? Would you do anything different? I would have not sweat the small stuff so much. The stuff that I thought was going to be a major roadblock that really wasn't in the big picture, but I allowed it to get in my brain, my life, my, you know, uh, oh no, now this is going to be the fatal blow. And it wasn't. Yeah. And I never should have allowed that because, it, again, it took me off course. It made for more angry days. It made me more bitter about something that I didn't need to be bitter about. Yeah. And all I really need to do is push through. Or sometimes, the, the, the other part of that is sometimes I didn't have all the information. So I'd see something and I'd get really upset about it. And I'd say, if I had just taken a deep breath and figured out why we're doing what we're doing, I would have realized there's a really good reason and it has nothing to do with me. Sure. Too many times I'd make that leap. And I wasted, the only reason I say I wasted too much time and too much energy on that stuff when all I really needed to do was right here you know yes just stay focused lock in do your thing have faith that people will yes. take note if you think you're doing well don't worry about it just have faith yes sometimes you feel even in our business you feel like no one's watching and no one's listening and I know that sounds strange because we, yeah. we perform every day but it feels that way because unlike when you do a speaking engagement you don't have a live audience in front yeah, of you you're right, you're right you right. know yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and, and so you, 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 the feedback is strength uh -huh. because when you're when you're speaking to an audience you go I got them Mm -hmm. Or I don't have, or, right. you know, I need to move with this, or I need to wrap it up right now because right. I'm losing them, or I need to move on to something else. You don't have that. And so that is sometimes a struggle in our business because you don't really know how the masses are reacting to you. And you, and you got to come up with a pretty good internal compass on that uh, to figure it out and to be satisfied to say, we did, you know, we did the best that we could today and, and, and move on. And that's also the one thing that I really enjoy about this business is that you work really, really hard. Uh, it seems really, really important what you do that day. And by the next day, you forgot what you did the day before because <laughs> yes. you're on to the next day, right? Yes. So yes. you've got to keep moving forward. And, and yes. in a strange way, those deadlines and all those things are just are really, uh, I thrive on that because you, you, you do as best you can and then it's over and not, the game's over. You got to move on to the next game. And I love that part of it. And that's, that's awesome, Mike. And I appreciate you being transparent and honest about your story. That's going to be very helpful for folks out there. Mike, uh, as you think, um, we're coming off of 2020, people have lost their homes, their jobs, their finances, what have you. What advice would you give those folks to hang in there to make 2021 a much better year? So what would you tell those folks out there who are struggling with some of those challenges? Yeah, first, first off, don't blame yourself for what you didn't have control over. Yeah. Uh, and then be honest about what you did have control over, because I think there's a problem on both ends. One, one is you can get rolled over by something, and there wasn't a thing that you could have reasonably done about it to prepare for it. Yes. It just happened. You went into business. My wife went into business. Two years, she went challenge the clothing store. Two years into it, here comes COVID. Wow. Just boom, we're shut down, right? Well, she couldn't, for an instant, control right. that the government was going to shut her business down. Sure. Um, now the question is, what do you have control over coming back Yes. to try to make it work? So, so, so you can't just blame it on COVID yep. um, because then you're in denial. But you also don't have to bring yourself down too far because there are certain things that no one anticipated. Absolutely. And we're all in the same thing, you know, trying to figure it out. And it's, it's very, very difficult. We've never seen it before. So I try to draw from that the fact that, and I remind her of this every time, was we're, we're all fighting these same things. Yes. And we all feel like it's, it, we feel like we're being punished, right? And then we go, yes. well, everybody's being punished, you know? People have COVID, they're in the hospital. People can't see their loved ones in the hospital. So I, to, to your point, I start there. I say, you know, this hasn't been a good year for me either, you know, in a lot of respects, but um, I, I haven't lost a loved one near and dear to me, you know, I mean, in my immediate family. Um, I've kept my jobs. Yeah. Um, I've been able to work, come downtown to Minneapolis every day and work. 
Mm -hmm. uh, so let's try to start with the grateful piece, you know, the, the grateful piece that, that everybody has, even those people that are going through the tough times. I try to start with the grateful part of it and then move on from there in, in terms of what can I do? Now, I spend a lot of my time, um, and, and I'm a big believer in this, and I know you are too, Tommy, is um, you have to prepare for that even though you don't know when it's going to come. Absolutely. But the worst thing you want is everybody's vaccinated and you didn't come up with the plan so that you're ready to go now that we're humming again, and now you're blaming COVID still. Well, right. you know, yeah. that, that ain't going to get it done, you know? Right. The world's not going to wait for you. So, yeah. so what plan can you put in place right now so that whenever it is that we feel like we're opened up or running again, that we're doing it, that we hit the ground running so that we don't get caught behind. And it also, what it does for me is it, it gives me a bigger uh, uh, windshield. I'm not looking in my rearview mirror so much. I'm looking in the windshield. Sure. And, and so it excites me more. Uh -huh. It keeps me more positive. Yes. It keeps me more optimistic. It keeps me dreaming more. It keeps me thinking, even if I don't, but it gives me that one word that we all love and that word's hope, right? That's right, that's right. It, yeah. it, it gives me hope. And, and, and I can live on hope, even, even if it doesn't come to fruition, I can live on hope for yes. a long time, you know? Yes. And, and, and that's the way that I'm trying to get through it. And, and, and I know that that, that that can be an oversimplified. You say, yeah, but I still got to pay the mortgage system and the rent. I get that. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is I, I always spend an inordinate amount of time, particularly those people out of work. Um, a lot of them have never had to look for work before. Yeah. And that is a full-time job. Yeah. It's, it's not just I'm going to pull, go and get into LinkedIn and, and somebody's going to find me, you know, right. it's harder than that. And so if, if I was giving advice, I'd say, if you can approach this as an absolute full-time job, trying to get a job, and that means the way you dress, the way you interview, do you have to hire somebody to help you with the, all of the above? Because a lot of us are at that stage in life where we think we have all the answers, but we've never been through this before. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so and so I know people that are out of work and I'm going, you know, Maybe maybe we got to go back to ground zero here because you're, you're very employable. Uh, you've got the skill set, mm -hmm. but you've never gone through this stuff because you've been working at you know your whole life. You've never had to interview for a job right. maybe since your twenties, and now you're in your fifties. You know, right. take a deep breath and say, maybe I need to look upon, or maybe I need to hire somebody to help me make an impression in that interview. Maybe I need to figure out what that resume needs to say. Maybe I need to figure out what skills I have that I, you know, that have passed me by that I could catch up to, especially in the digital world. And, and I'd focus on that stuff because at least then I'm challenging myself and focus and I'm not living in misery. Yes. And I'd much rather live in, in, in that, you know, like I try to make life a game, right? Yes. And you probably do too, Tom. Uh -huh. um, that's where I function the best because it depersonalizes it for me because it's, it's just a scoreboard, but it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. um, but it also gives me juice and energy and says, okay, that's why I'm here today, to try to win this game, however that is. That's right, that's right. And that's great advice coming from my friend, Mike Max, WCCO. Uh, appreciate that. It's gonna be very much a blessing to a lot of folks. And Mike, we're gonna, we just had, we had some tough questions. We'll have some fun now. You ready to have a little fun? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, so these questions, this is on my rapid fire portion. I'm gonna ask you questions about purpose and give our chance, uh, just a chance to know a little more about you. I'm just gonna ask the question, you just give us your best answer, all right? You ready? Here we go. Yep. Mike, tell us how you turn a dream into reality. Connecting myself with the right people, hmm. going out and grinding and finding sponsors. For, the, for me, it's, it's finding, in my past, it's finding TV shows and radio shows that I wanna do what you gotta have sponsorship for. You don't have to have content, you gotta have sponsorship first. Not content, sponsorship. 
put all my energy into sponsorship. That's how I made uh, a lot of my uh, dreams a reality was I went out and I found the corporate world as opposed to a lot of broadcasters do is, is they worry about the content. Well, the content means nothing unless you can get it sold. So I focused on getting it sold. Oh, good. You like that. What gives your life meaning? My faith, my Christian faith, first and foremost, guides me uh, throughout and, and helps me make sense of things that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. uh, my family next, I have two teenagers and, and living with them through COVID and just living with them as teenagers, yes. there are hard days for them and they're, and, and, and they're, um, and, and you just, I learned what uh, a parent told me a long time ago, this is the new saying, but you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. Yeah. You know, and, and when they're going through something, it is, especially when you can't do anything about it. Yes. It is painful. Yes. And, and, but on the other hand, connecting with them gives me meaning. And, 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 and even in this crazy world and watching them go through whatever struggles they go through, I always think to myself, I wouldn't want it any other way. I'd rather go through this weird, crazy world with them, yes. have to deal with all their problems than do it alone. Yes. I, I want, I'll take the weird and the crazy and all those things. And that's what gives it meaning is, is I think I'm here to be, go through the weird and the crazy and that's what life is. And so that's why it's easy for me to get meaning from the tough situations too. That's awesome. What word best describes you? Um, perseverance. That's it. I don't have more talent than anyone else. I don't have, I haven't been gifted with anything that uh, stands out. I played all sports in high school. I played all sports in college. I wasn't the elite, I was a division three athlete that was a gym rat. Uh, so I played all the time. Um, got, you know, probably, you know, I mean, I probably got as far as I should have gotten, you know, even though you wanted to get further, right? And if you get to division three, you want to be division two. If you get to be Tommy Watson, you want to get to the NFL. I mean, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's always something left on the table there. Um, but I, I've never quit persevering. That's the one thing I've never done is I've never quit on this business. I've never quit persevering. And that's all that I really offer. I love it. What did your 15-year-old self imagine you'd be doing right now? When I was 15 years old, I thought I would be selling insurance or something similar to that because my dad's a financial planner. Okay. So I thought I'd be in a, I grew up in a small town, 2,000 people. Uh, and, uh, and both my brothers are also financial planners for Ameriprise, and, and as was he for many, many years. So I thought I would be selling insurance or something like that. And I, I had this other kind of far out there dream. I always wanted to be a high school football coach. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, I just, I, I love, especially in a small town, because I grew up in a small town that was successful in football. And I always thought it would be so much fun to take, come into a community, get the weight room hopping, uh -huh. and develop a culture that everybody wanted to be a part of, you know, because yeah. when you see it, you know, this is so magical. And so I always thought that I'd be doing that. Well, I never got to do that, but I, I never thought that broadcasting, even though I like performing and all those things, I never thought that this would be in the cards for me until I got to college. And then I changed everything. One internship changed, one class changed everything. And I got into this business, but the 15 year old never thought that this was possible. That's awesome. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? My superpower would be the ability to help those people that are being treated unfairly and intervene hmm. and be able to see it, step in and step and step up for them. That's what it would be. I would love to have that where I could fly over and say, that person is getting screwed. Yes, I'm yes. going to do something about it because not only are they getting screwed, but they don't even know they are and they've accepted. And that's where suppression comes from, yes, right? Yes. When, when, when you start saying, well, of course, this is the way my life is going to be because that's the way it was for my family. And it doesn't have to be. Yes. I'd step, I'd love to step in there 
yeah. and say, no, 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 we're, we're going to stand up to the bully, whoever the bully is yes. in that case. I would love to have that superpower to empower people so that they understand that there are things they don't have to take yes. that they do and they accept. And, and you know, here in Minneapolis, we had the, we were of course in the apex of the George Floyd, which happened just blocks from where I sit right now, and and we had the riots, and I was out there on the front lines for the riots for six different nights, and it was a danger zone. It was tough, and it was all these things. But I also learned um, uh, to that point about suppression, about uh, the African Americans' version of when a police officer pulls them over compared to mine. Yes, and it was a very different thought process that yes. we go through. I think I'm going to talk my way out of the ticket. They think I hope I don't go to jail. Right. Right. Kill. Yeah. Yep. And 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 that really got my attention. Yeah. That um, not just in that area, but if you feel that way every day, whether you're African American or not, but if you feel like you can't yeah. every day, you got a whole lot more that you got to push through. Yeah. And 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 the and the thing that I think that a lot of people don't realize, you know this, Tommy, is they do have what it takes. They do. They do have the aptitude. They do have the ability. Now it's just that hope and that belief. That's all they need now. Yes. And if, if I could take them there and say, you could be so much better and you don't have to apologize for dreaming big yeah. because you have it, you've got it. Yes. Go for it. You know, and, and, and I understand now more what suppression really means. And, you know, that getting up and not believing that you can, no matter what you do, sure. control your outcome is an awful, awful feeling. Yeah. And that's what I would love to change if I had superpower. Well, I love that passion there, Mike. Um, and last but not least, how do you want to be remembered in history? You know, there, there's no thing, uh, you know, what do you want written on your tombstone, right? And I know what I want written on my tombstone. I want to say, I told you I wasn't feeling well. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want, <laughs> that's an old, old joke. But um, I, 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 there's just one thing I want to say. Just he gave it his best shot, you know? imperfect as he was, yeah. tried to get it right, gave it his best shot, came back the next day, gave it his best shot. God, I hope they say that about me. Yeah. And you know, Mike, that, that, is, that is phenomenal. The purpose of this podcast is to really get people to focus on resiliency and purpose. What are your last thoughts on resiliency and purpose you can share with our audience? We are going to have to use our resiliency like we've never used it before. Yeah. We've had to in 2020, and it's not going away right now. Yeah. Our resiliency is not something that we just turn on and off. You have to get up every day and say, I'm going to be resilient. Not knowing what's going to come your way on the bad side. You have to make that decision before it happens. You know, you have to overcome adversity before you face adversity by making a decision that you're going to overcome adversity, which is what? Resiliency, right? I I don't know what form the bad stuff's going to come, but I have already committed that I'm going to get through the bad stuff. That's to me is resiliency because you've already decided before you lose someone in your family, you lose your job something goes wrong with your, uh, your wife, whatever, um, you've already decided that you're going to push through that. To me, that's resiliency. And it's not something that you get to decide how often you get to use because you might have to use it for a long, that's long right. time. Purpose to me is, is what the good Lord lays in front of me and tells me I should be doing every day when I listen mm-hmm. to him. And um, it's easy for me to find so far in my life to find purpose. Um, I've always felt like I'm doing what He's telling me to do it. And that's a spiritual thing to me. Yeah. I love it, man. Thank you, Mike Max. My good friend, Mike Max here, folks. If you're not pumped up after hearing that, man, go to WCCO Radio and, and find out more of his story and follow him as well. If you're someone out there who's an overcomer, has an amazing story, we want to hear from you. I go to TAWatson.com. Uh, be sure to uh, subscribe to our podcast, Resilient Stories. Download this one. Uh, rate it. Share with your folks on social media. 
Um, we're always looking for sponsors. So if you're a sponsor out there, we'd love to have you. Again, I want to thank my good friend, Mike Max, for joining me. Appreciate you, buddy. And um, everyone else out there, God bless. Peace. And Yours truly, Dr. Watson. My